Welcome to National Treasure Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2004 film National Treasure, one minute at a time. So put on your ocular device and discover a podcast beyond all imagining. I am your co-host, Charlie, and because this is the first episode um, before we, you know, get into the meat of the minute, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, first of all, our backgrounds, um, and second of all, you know, kind of our history with this movie, why we're doing this, and then a little bit about the, um, format, and then we'll get into the, um, the meat. So, like I said, my name is Charlie. I am a law school graduate, and I live in the southern United States. This movie, uh, has been a big part of my life. It's been a big part of my childhood. It was one of those, you know, one of those movies that, we watched over and over again, and you know we have we have quite a bit of history with this movie. Me and my co-host Matthew were both we're, we're brothers, um, so we had the same childhood, and we both you know really really enjoy this movie. Uh, it gets a lot of flack, you know. It gets a lot of flack for you know not being super plausible, first of all, and um, second of all, you know being PG oriented, um, which is atypical of your average adventure film. You know, we'll get into more things like that, but um, I have a lot of reason to do this podcast, and that's about it. Hey, and I'm uh, I'm Matthew. I am Charlie's uh, younger brother. Uh, I am a PhD student currently um, in history, um, in English history, not American history, uh, and I taught uh, American history for two years um, in high school. So, for all of my my students out there, about 180 or no, actually about 360 of them or so, they have all been subtly influenced by the history that's found in this in this film. And uh, it's like, like as Charlie said, for, for him, it's also very similar for me. Like this movie was probably one of the reasons why I got into history, or at the very least it sort of sparked that, um, that passion that, that Ben Gates had. And I wanted to be Ben Gates. You know, I wanted to commit uh, a grand, grand larceny of some, something of intrinsic... Uh, in historical value, um. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we're, so Indiana Jones is uh, makes everybody want to be an archaeologist, and this movie makes everybody want to be an historian. Yeah, and that was probably my, uh, you know, one of the two routes I could have gone when I went to grad school. I, I was actually thinking, like, okay, I could do archaeology, um, or I could I could do history. And if I wanted to do archaeology, I'd have to get permits and dig stuff up, and I thought I don't want to do that. I just want to I just want to read books in an armchair. So I picked history. So a little bit about how we're going to do this. You know, I, I feel compelled to mention that we're getting this format from a different podcast called Star Wars Minute. It's a very famous podcast. It's a um, it's it's one of those one of those podcasts that really developed its own uh, format that many other podcasts have picked up. And that format, of course, is analyzing a movie one minute at a time in minute by minute bits and essentially um you know picking apart every last detail that you can find uh you know looking at the decisions that the director made the music in that minute the uh scenery the cho- basically any production choice just picking it apart and trying to figure out you know why they did certain things and little things that you notice little details they might have put in and that's the whole format of um these sort of podcasts minute by minute podcasts each time we're going to start out with where the minute started in the movie and then where the minute ended. And then we'll just jump in and talk about what we noticed and, you know, different things that uh, piqued our interest. So this minute begins with um, the logos, the production logos, Disney logo, Jerry Bruckheimer's logo. 
and it ends with a young Benjamin Gates stepping into uh, his family attic. So what were your first impressions of this minute? Well, the first thing I thought of uh, was when I saw the Disney logo, um, it reminded me almost of like the Lion King. I think it has the same color scheme, the sort of orangish, yellowish hues. Mm-hmm. And then we move into the Jerry Bruckheimer logo with going down this long and winding road. And then there's a tree that hits gets hit by lightning. And somehow the lightning actually reverses the, I don't know, the the decaying tree or something uh and then it moves into the attic and so one of the first things that i thought about was how the logo itself seemed to be setting up the uh opening shot of the film which is of course like a uh, a thunderstorm and i thought that it was just really interesting because you don't really see that happen too often it was i think accidental that jerry Bruckheimer's logo happens to you know mesh very very uh cleanly with the the thunderstorm but it's you know it doesn't happen that frequently so i thought it was just really interesting that you have the thunderstorm of the jerry bruckheimer's logo and then the thunderstorm and it's just one feeling that both of those two things evoke yeah well you never know you know it it could be coincidental um it also could be intentional it reminds me of indiana jones um with the paramount logo you know in every Mm -hmm, single mm -hmm. indiana jones movie and we're going to make a lot of indiana jones comparisons because you know this movie I'm not going to call it derivative of Indiana Jones. It's definitely, uh, it's it's set apart in, in tone and in direction and virtually everything except for being an adventure film. Regardless, it's still comparable to Indiana Jones. In this particular way, um, you know, the idea of the opening logo somehow matching with the beginning of the movie, uh, it, it definitely, it, it could even be a, you know, some kind of um, reference. Whether it is or it isn't, you know, that's really for Jerry Bruckheimer to answer. But <laughs> the... Indiana Jones movies all open up with a with the Paramount logo dissolving into um, some kind of mountainous feature on screen. So the fact that you know Jerry Bruckheimer's logo involves a lightning bolt, and then you know the first thing we hear is a storm brewing off in the distance, mm-hmm. um, could very well be intentional. Well, I think you know I think the film actually invites us to make those connections to Indiana Jones. I remember when all the promotional stuff was coming out, and uh, uh, when you first read the reviews online. Um, I wasn't really browsing the internet like that in 2004, but, you know, looking back on it, um, I think a lot of people made the connection to Indiana Jones, and I and I, I don't know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's at least plausible. What you should really make a connection to is um, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Alan Quartermain, <laughs> etc. What is that? Um, well, Alan Quartermain is predecessor to Indiana Jones, um, Yeah. and then uh, Tomb Raider is far more derivative of Indiana Jones than um, National Treasure is. So, so what did you think about uh, starting off the movie in an attic? Yeah, you know, so my thought on that is basically we're going to learn during the course of this movie, no spoilers, of course, that um, Nicolas Cage is a, uh, his character, Benjamin Gates, is an historian. And that's like his whole, his whole character is that he loves history. He's a history buff. He knows everything about history. There's references to how much he knows about history. It's, you know, it's a huge part of his character that he loves um, learning about the past and where he came from. So having, you know, this almost like an origin story of him going into his family attic and we see, you know, all different kinds of things that his family has accumulated over the over the years. Having him, you know, go through this pile of history basically, it's a it's a good way of like setting up his his character, his personality of like absolutely, you know, having this in, this incredible academic interest in uh, where he came from. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think um, it's interesting, right, that uh, this really is a movie 
sort of glorifying a historian. You know, if, so if, if Indiana Jones is asking a question like, uh, what would an adventure hero who's an archaeologist look like? This is, I think, asking the similar question of what would it look like if a historian was an action hero? Um, mm-hmm. And so him starting on an attic where he's just, uh, you, you know, you just see this this great mess of things, but it's a mess of things that really just you you, you want to know more about each specific thing. Like on one side, there's uh, a wooden ship. There's on the other um, like a map. Uh, or like some papers scattered around, and then there's like a porcelain vase in the background, and it reminded me of um, in Last Crusade, where you when Indiana Jones mm. got the package from Venice, and he's sitting down in his office, and he's just got like so much stuff from like South right. America and Africa and Asia, uh, where you can just tell that he's been on so many different adventures, and that he's encountered so much history that he just loves it, and so if you're gonna try to start a film about a historian. It makes a lot of sense to open the film where it's him as a boy encountering all of this history or, he, or he's just grown up in an attic where there's just all of this stuff that he can look at um so I, th- I thought it was like it's it's a really interesting design choice of um really solving a problem which is how do you get across to the audience that this guy is going to become a historian right yeah and i mean we're going to get more into that in the next minute you know this like i said this minute is literally just the, um the logos and then young ben gates walking into the attic there's really not um, too much more than that. It, it, it ends with actually young Ben Gates shining the flashlight towards the um, camera. In the next couple of minutes, we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit deeper into um, you know his his curiosity with respect to the past. Um, trying to think if there's anything I noticed in particular. There was what I I did notice something that was a little interesting was there was like an animal squeal. At some I didn't point. notice that. It, it, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if it was a rat or something, but it was just kind of interesting that they had a live animal in their attic. Maybe it was outside <laughs> of the attic. I guess I don't know, but I don't know. I guess that's sort of a design choice, really. It, it uh, you know, when you think about an attic, you think about little rodents and creatures and creepy crawlies. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Um, it just kind of sets the atmosphere, I guess. Yeah. Well, so was there a specific thing in the attic that caught your attention other than the uh, the squeal, like out of all the knickknacks and stuff? Um, yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the sailboat. That's really what I thought about, too. I'm sure there, there might be, you know, little things to look at. Um, I didn't pay too close attention to that, but um, there might be other little things to look at. The sailboat makes me think that, you know, there. it, it makes me think that, you know, potentially there was some kind of um, connection between the, the Gates family and uh, maybe like in some kind of um, naval incident. The Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Charlotte, yeah. Well, what I mean, I mean that's that, I was just thinking like, what if that's uh, what if that's a replica of the Charlotte, and then and Benny Gates was like, oh, this this was a boat. Oh yeah. Presumably, it's not like it's not a hidden knowledge right. that it was a boat. I mean, that it was there was a captain and crew right. and stuff, so there would have been records. Yeah. So it's not a, it's, it wasn't I think a uh, mystery that the Charlotte's a boat. The mystery was what does Charlotte refer to right. or who does Charlotte refer yeah. to? So maybe that was a. Uh, Replica of the Charlotte. We don't. Know. <laughs> no, that's actually a good theory. I didn't think about that. That's the second thing you pointed out that I didn't notice, like the um, the lightning bolt thing too. So I, I was also thinking um, that when we think about Star Wars minute and and how you can sort of get away with making a podcast that just goes minute at a time, it's because like people love to theorize about Star Wars. They want to pour. They want to pour over every single detail. They want to know more about how the movie was made and. Also, like, what was George Lucas thinking and what were the editors and the sound? So they, they want to know all of that. And it was interesting to me is that uh, people, like, there's a very devoted fan base to National Treasure. There is. That I think actually would 
Yeah, that I think actually would be interested in, um, like, tr- like theorizing in a similar way to Star Wars. I mean, it doesn't have the same sort of following, but um, it does have a very, very uh, intense, but sort of t- tiny fan base I'm, around this. Film. I'm absolutely gonna post this on r slash um, Declaration memes whenever we finish it. So I'm just gonna give a, a little brief shout out. That's one of my favorite subreddits. Um, our, I mean, they're all just memes yeah. about uh, Nick Cage stealing de- the Declaration of Independence. But you know, regard it's one of my favorite jokes. So yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I was, I was watching the film recently. Uh, so it, in sort of preparation for the podcast, I started to watch, watch it uh, with my wife. What I was doing the whole time is I was thinking, like, when he said something, that how would, how would Reddit make a meme out of this? How would exactly, um, like, like when he says, uh, it "Must take me a long time to find all that history." I was like, that's that has to be that has to be a meme. Someone has got to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there, um, there there are people who like take movies and and go line by line and make a, a meme about every single line in the movie. There's a guy who does it on the um the Raimi meme subreddit. Oh yeah. So yeah, somebody, this is a this is this is a, a a notice to the Declaration meme subreddit. Somebody needs to go line by line through this movie and make a meme about every single line. You know, it's easy. Like every single line Nick Cage has, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's potentially meme material. Yeah, it's like a red line so. version of the uh, of the film. Um, but uh, I I was also thinking that that's that's sort of the exact same thing. What we're doing with the podcast, where we take it minute by minute. It's just um, in some sense, you know, you might say this is a uh, crazy, you know, to to do this. But you know, of course, there's there's one thing less than crazy uh, making a podcast <laughs> minute by minute, and that's that's just insanely passionate. In- passionate, um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're going to, we're, we're going to probably quote this movie, like, uh, just different parts of the movie in the minute that we're actually on. We're going to be doing that constantly because my brother and I have this thing where, um, we basically know this movie like the back of our hands. We know every single line. Um, so it'll be, it'll be, uh, maybe it's anywhere between annoying and endearing, <laughs> but, um, we, we probably will end up doing that. So, so back to the, um, back to the minute. Is there anything else that you any any like additional thoughts on the sheer act of young Benjamin Gate climbing into the attic and shining a flashlight? I thought it was an interesting choice to start with, um, like the young version of somebody, uh, and then they get older. I mean that that you see that all the time in uh, like literature and poetry and especially movies. Um, I remember I was reading about uh, Hannibal, um, not Lecter, but the the Carthaginian general. And one of the great stories about Hannibal was that, you know, it's it begins with him as a boy swearing an oath to never befriend the Romans. And then it moves into uh, him leading the Carthaginians in the Second Punic War. And I thought, like, okay, that's that's a really interesting way of saying that there's something so unbelievably important about this person's life in this moment when they're a kid. Uh, and for Hannibal, that was never befriending the Romans. And then for Ben Gates, it's the story it's 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 the legend and like that's that's why we're starting with the kid is because the movie is telling us that this is about a man and it's about his family it's about one really one guy that yeah, he's really the only character that has uh at least him and his father the only characters that have like an actual arc in in the movie everybody else is pretty static i mean maybe abigail the the, the takeaway from this episode is that nick cage is basically hannibal <laughs> and um yeah, he, he's, he's got the same historical weight, and uh, his origin story is just as compelling. Hannibal uh, against Rome? You know, we could even say Jesus. Oh, yeah, probably. We could even say Jesus, because we have the the story of um, Mary and Joseph finding young Jesus in the temple, and um, 
Jesus, young Jesus saying, you know, that he must be in his father's house. So, you know, in the same way, young Ben Gates has said, um, you know, I'm in the attic, ergo, I'm going to be an historian. Yes. Well, he's, he has to go to the temple, right? He has to go to Parkington Lane or, or beneath it. It's, I mean, obviously, obviously this is a Christ <laughs> story. I mean, this is a messianic story. It yeah. is. <laughs> I'm going to um, test and see if how many different um, biblical connections we can find in this movie. We won't find too many other than when they're explicit, like uh, King Solomon's Temple. Beyond that, let's see if we the can... The winding staircase. <laughs> let's see if we can do a uh, the the um, <laughs> obligatory uh, biblical comparison of the hero and the hero's journey, even where it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. So one one other thing I want to talk about was um, the title National Treasure, because um, I, I don't know how many of you know this, but the term National Treasure is a, it's a, it's a legitimate, um, I guess, uh, term in the study of culture and the study of history. It refers basically to the cultural material out of which a given country forms its um, national identity. You have, like, for instance, um, the Matter of Britain, which are you know basically legends associated with the founding of, of the British people. Um, the same thing with the Matter of France, which is about you know basically Charlemagne founding the the uh, the modern uh, society of France, the modern country of France. You know, and, and this movie kind of makes homage to that, but in an American way. You know, it refers to um, the the mythology of the founding fathers and the ideals the founding fathers fought for. You know, they certainly did have ideals, but this movie confronts that in a very um, quasi mythological way. And uh, you know, especially with the Declaration and the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall and all the all these important events that it kind of portray like America's understanding of itself in these really material things. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think I think it's a, that's a fair point. But now, now I'm hearing that not only is Nick Cage is he Christ, now he's also King Arthur and he's Charlemagne and he's Hannibal. So uh, Nick Cage, I mean, he's a very um, yes. he's a very good actor. You know, he can he can play many yeah. different roles. Um, I didn't realize he could do all of them at once. That's the sign of a of a true of a true uh, you know new Peter O'Toole, a new Lawrence Olivier on our hands. Yeah. And the thing about Nick Cage is that he, he like this movie, he gets a lot of flack himself. Um, there's a lot of people who don't think Nick Cage is a very good actor. And that's basically because he has a very dramatic style of acting. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Um, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, and, and actually even the guy uh, who plays young Ben Gates, I mean, this, he doesn't have really too many lines. Uh, we haven't even got to a single line yet in the film. That's just right. his first minute. <laughs> but I think, I think this kid does a fantastic job. I mean, he just... Yeah. Like it's because it's really easy for for child actors to um, overact, yeah. Uh, you know, or because they, they just don't have as much control, I guess, right. as, um, as a seasoned actor. But I think Matt Gomez does a fantastic job, and Nick Cage. Uh, you're right; he does get a lot of flack, but I actually I think this is one of his better roles. Yeah, he was perfect for this movie, and I guess people, you know, would say this about you know Indiana Jones too. Like I can't imagine Ben Gates as anybody other than Nick Cage in the same way that I can't imagine Indiana Jones as anybody other than. Harrison Ford, I think it was excellent casting, but we'll, we'll get to that whenever we actually see Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, when we when we see, uh, yeah, you know, your, your boy Nick Cage. But I, I was actually thinking, because um, uh, there's some people that do this now, where they say, all right, if this movie was made today, who would get cast in these different roles? Like uh, there's oh. a guy on YouTube that does, like he did Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. um, and he cast different people in in uh, the different roles. Like I think he cast uh, that guy, who is it, James McAvoy. He cast him as, as a new... He played um, Charles Xavier in the new X-Men films, oh, the, the, okay. where he's the young Charles Xavier. Uh-huh. He cast him, as I think, as Frodo. 
but uh-huh. I was thinking like who who would I cast as a new Ben Gates? And I honestly like I don't I don't know. Hmm. I don't know either. I was thinking like you know if we're going with um, well I, I guess I I don't, I don't know like another actor that is known for having these like insane versatility when it comes to um, the roles he takes. A lot of actors just get typecasted. Nick Cage doesn't get typecasted. He plays any kind of character he wants to play. He was a sorcerer in um, in The Sorcerer's Apprentice in that god-awful movie. Yeah. I, I, I haven't actually even seen uh, Wicker Man or anything like that. I think the only other movie I really, uh, really liked him in, which is going to get a lot of flack, was the... Uh, was it The Conjuring? No. What the... Um, the something gerund yeah. what is uh, it? i'm trying to think of what that was let, <laughs> let me let me oh the knowing is it that? the knowing the yeah. knowing that's yeah, it, the yeah, knowing yeah. there's always yeah. that something ing film and yeah. yeah that's that's him yeah i don't know because like the thing is you know if you were to try to cast him now right you don't want to pick a guy like chris pine or chris pratt or chris hemsworth like all these like really sort of like attractive like marvel guys or these like a-list actors like uh-huh. not to say nick cage isn't like that but it's just to say that he's not like He's not traditionally handsome. Nick Cage is a handsome yeah, okay. guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Nick Cage till my dying breath in this podcast. <laughs> of course, I don't think you're gonna put up too much of an assault, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna do it regardless. Yeah. Well, he's not. I wouldn't say he's traditionally handsome, um, but uh, mm-hmm, yeah. ma- maybe more handsome than myself. So who am I to critique? <laughs> um, so give credit where credit's due. And 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 here's what I'm gonna say: if if uh, we if we get through all whatever 240 minutes of both of these movies national treasure one and national treasure two i'm gonna i'm gonna vote that we do the knowing afterwards and then we'll just oh my god yeah nick cage movies (laughs) yeah this just turns into the the nick cage minute Um, yeah we have to do his entire filmography yeah and that's that's going to be our first title we're going to call this one episode one the nick cage minute so the All right. Um, yeah, and that, that's <laughs> definitely a good place to, to end this off. I think we had a, we had a good first episode, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening.